criticism of Cox. He can go on the night preferred. 200 centimetres. You can't do that. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, sucks to be back. Uh, <laughs> sorry. It sucks to be back. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here we are again. Um, let's look. Let's straight off the bat call it for what it is. That was a... A pretty pitiful performance from their That's football right club. Right up there with the Geelong one. Uh, you know, for the last fifteen years, the the bottom five tackle counts, Essendon are now in the, in two of those, uh, and it just happens to be two this year. So thirty and thirty two. So it's the lowest tackle count at the SCG since two thousand three. It's the lowest pressure uh, index gauge, whatever you want to call it, pressure. Uh, since 2019 from any side. So that's as bad as it gets. And to make things worse, you're actually celebrating the 200th of the captain of the club. So I can't even fathom how we even played that way, got to that point. Uh, but we're going to have a deep dive, not so much between me and Grant. So yeah, this is an interesting one. This is a special podcast. I wanted to actually talk to an ex-Essendon official and football uh, operations manager. And Danny Corcoran uh, was very um, kind. Kind. Thank you. That's the word to come on. We ended up chatting for 45 minutes covering many subjects. The saga, <laughs> James Heard. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, la- the, the talent that's required in the club, where we're deficient. Where we are, um, his, where we need to be. career as a high-performance manager, as a manager within high-performance organisations. The VFL program. So, yep. that it's, it, you know, it's a very, it's a lengthy 45-minute conversation with someone who was at the club from 91 onwards. Uh, so he's around the Baby Bombers, right when the Baby Bombers struck. Then he came back in, in 2010, if you're talking Essendon. He, um, I basically heard he brought him back uh, to start off, and obviously that was having that was going looking like it was going to show a lot of success. We were improving quite quickly. Uh, he obviously w- was at Melbourne in the late '90s and and oversaw their trip to a grand final in 2000, which they lost to us. Uh, but then CEO of of, of Athletics, um, general manager of Melbourne Rebels, you name it, he's he knows what the business is. So. It was a really good conversation. I thought instead of hearing from us, doom and gloom. It, uh, it, but seriously, what would we? This is the thing you put on the Facebook page. What would we have said? We we could come off long run ups and say that it's just bloody unacceptable, and it's because it is. It was. It's bloody unacceptable the way we played. We were utterly witches' hats throughout the whole thing. And how long could but, you be that angry? And that's the thing. We 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 could be angry for about five minutes, for, and then we just might pass out. So a, a really good pickup from Scotty on this one is that look, guys, you want to know you want to know how we feel about it. We're we're livid. Like we're, we're, we're ropeable. We, we confused, extremely concerned. And confused, concerned and ropeable about the way this club plays because Scott and I have been supporting this club for 30 plus years and it's um, we've never seen it this bad. I've never seen the club this bad or this confused or this... Uh, with not with not a, that, that, that bad a list. That's the frustration. But, and that's the thing. The, that's the confused part for me. The confusing part is that I don't get it with the list that we have, right? Even with Stringer and Snelling and Langford and other, we don't get it. So we could sit there and tee off for five straight minutes and there's an element of our listeners that have said that they would enjoy us doing that, <laughs> right? But um, we would much rather have got, and it's a great idea from Scotty, much rather get a guy that knows – what it takes to be successful at a high-performing organisation like a sporting club, right? So yep. he's he was far more eloquent than, eloquent than we could ever be. He's got a level of detachment from the club now where he can be objective. 
and he could let us know what he thinks, and that's exactly what he did. So I think we're not going to do stats because mm. it would, it's just why depressing. Yeah, yeah. It's why bother? It was just it was crap. All of them were crap. The the stats were bad. We played bad. The result was awful. <laughs> so we we we've got a guy to come in and actually lend a bit of expertise to this um, to this conversation. Exactly. Look, I think the only thing I will say um, is I think that Parker moment in the game probably was a reflection, uh, a deeper reflection of of the club because if you actually look at that play where Parker does that, look. You can watch it in slow motion. Dylan Shield actually didn't do too much wrong. It's nothing obvious. Yeah. But what triggered Parker after he kicked that goal to do it six times to our list and obviously especially to Shield, but what – and Parker's not that kind of guy, to be honest. So what what led to that? And I think that's something you – know, I think it was maybe even the first question I asked uh, Danny, but it, where's – when Merritt gets cleaned up – uh, whack to the to the head. Where is our toughness? Where is our support? Where is these guys? You know, <laughs> I, do you know what I? I and I, this guy's never played senior football yet. But I said, Voss. right now I want Patrick Voss in the middle of this game. I don't care if he can't if he can't play midfield yet. But uh, he's already been suspended in the revel twice. Uh, so <laughs> you can get an idea of. Of that play coming through. So there had to be some remonstration. And like yep. Hep said, look, that you can't with all of the scrutiny nowadays, you can't square somebody up and run through, right? You can't you can't do it. But there is there are grown men playing with grown men out there, right? And there has to be a situation where Luke Parker's looking over his oh, you shoulder. Can, you can tackle to hurt. I'm sorry, but you can. Yeah. Like you can, you know. Tackle to send a message. Like hurt, yeah. fine, that's great. But Luke Parker, if you're going to – and, and – and, grown men and grown women who play this sport know that if you do something like that, if you if you eat your spinach and you think you demand Luke Parker and you start doing that signal to another fully grown man or woman from the, the, the ladies' footy as well, you do something like that, that's a open invitation for a fight. That's it. That That's insulting, it's demeaning, and it's... It's yeah, really yeah. as a club, you've got to stand up for yourself. And that's it. That's what I'm saying. So, Luke Parker, you can make a decision to go out and go, ooh, 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 and but you know what you've just done, right? You should have in the 80s. He would have had his head taken clean off his shoulders, right, by somebody on a boundary yeah, line. Would have Solly sold that. So it would have Hardwick, Solly, Wallace, um, Walsh. They would have all run through the bloke, right? But in nowadays, he had to. He would have. You make a decision like that, you've put a target on yourself. And you make, you want to go out and do it, fine, but he should have been worried about himself yeah. for the rest of that game. The fact that we accepted it and just moved and on. And just moved on. Yeah. And, and merit. And I don't care, I swear, if you get suspended, you get suspended, man. But if somebody had have picked up, uh, had just run over and just got in the face of, pushed, shoved, not thrown a punch because, look, it's modern-day football and we don't endorse that sort of stuff anymore. But um, you've got to remonstrate. You've got to get in a jumper. You've got to throw a punch. The club would probably pay you fine, right? Like, they, yeah. that's that you've got to show um, support for the um, the player that's getting picked on. You exactly. have to. And, look, it's not the first time that Merritt's been whacked beyond the, and we haven't responded as a club. So it's they've got a few – they've got a lot of stuff to work out. Uh, I mean, let's face it, the coaching group, the players, and, and, I'll, and, and I don't usually say this too often, but the board, the CEO, the, everyone have got to reestablish the, re the the point of whatever we're doing. What's the direction? What's the They've yeah. got to reestablish it. What do we stand for um, and what message are we going to filter down? Because... At the moment, the message is is pretty nice, and, and it's yeah, less less. And I know Dyson said it again. Like you, you don't want to to all the people that said they were smiling after the game, and that that they can bugger off or whatever he said. And like, I, I appreciate that the players are enjoy, trying to enjoy their vocation. It's their job, man. Mm. They're trying to enjoy playing football because nobody likes playing football when you're under the pump, under the pump, under the pump the whole time. So they're trying to enjoy themselves so that they can relax on a footy field and actually play to their natural ability. But I swear at the moment it is – and bless Dyson Heppel, bless the man 400 times over. But seriously, I think Dyson just needs to say to the boys, 
okay, boys, the 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 camaraderie, the smiles, the laughs that we're having, it's not turning into the kind of football we need to see on a footy field. So less smiling, less jokes, more grit, more throwing yourself at stuff. And we don't have Solomon, Hardwick, yeah. um, Wallace. We don't have these big and boys it, anymore. And, and it's not always even just hardness. This is my personal view. The the club had a real focus, like you just said, that they would start getting along and they socialise. And I've said this many times that they socialise really well. They get along really well. I think you have to draw a line in the sand to say, look, we all talk about what friends are and, and it's football teammates and what's a real teammate in, in fire football. One is only only half of that is the social side and getting along. The other half is supporting you on the field. Yep. And, you know, that, you know, we've obviously seen an example of Mason Redmond and Shield, and, and Redmond's uh, covered a guy from a point that needed to be covered. He's obviously mentioned to Shield, hey, you need to then support. He pointed directly at him. You need to support me and cover my man, and Shield didn't. And, and I'm not going the Shield bashing, but that's what I mean. You've got to go, you're not. You're not close until you do that as a football club, in my view. Selfishly you, you can have it. drinks and Instagram all you like at a pub, but until you work your ass off and support your teammates running both ways and supporting each other, you're not as close as group as you think you are, and I think that has to be ringed home. Uh, that's that's personally me. So I don't want to go on too much because the conversation was so good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, with Danny Corcoran. I hope you enjoy it. Just just between us and the fence post too. I mean, if you want to see us tee off a little bit more, if you if you really want to hear us go, we certainly after did it, it on the Patreon show, right? So yeah, if you want if you want to hear what raw emotion sounds like after a game of football where we should have been pumped by a hundred points, like I can't even remember the last time Essendon had us. We're in a situation where we could have get pumped by a hundred points, and we should have been pumped. Go and check out the Patreon post game reaction show for the last <laughs> game, right? That's that's where you're going to find that content, right? So yeah, we had enough. Yeah. Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash lunchtime catch up. Go and check us out there. But this this interview we're really proud of. It's one of our best interviews. So lay it on us, Scotty. Thanks. We'll see you after the break with Danny Corcoran. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Uh, look, there's a, a man that I've been wanting to get on this podcast for a long time. Uh, he's a former former football operations manager between 1990-95. He also came back to the club in 2010. Uh, Danny Corcoran, uh, it's such a pleasure to have you on the line. How are you going? Really good, thank you. Pleasure to be with you and um, I'm happy to um, you know have a chat and and rally our uh, our fans and supporter base, and I love your passion for the for the footy club, as you well know. Yeah, it's look. There's a reason why I wanted to 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 have you on, and and look when I when I look at your resume, and we're talking CEO of Athletics Australia, uh, operations uh, general manager at Melbourne Rebels, obviously your time at Essendon, but you also had a time at the Melbourne Football Club around about, from memory, 1998 onwards. So, you know, Melbourne's actually... No, in the 96, I had, there was, there was um, you got the Essendon years wrong. It was 91 to 90... 91? Okay. 91 to 96. Um, then Melbourne under the the Joe Goodnick era where yeah, we appointed yeah. Neil Danaher as um, as coach. And um, exciting time. There was six years there. And then six years at um, Athletics Australia. Yep. Um, got involved in, in, in looking for a change in setting up um, the Rebels, but Hurdy came back to the Bombers and, um, you know, I was only too happy to um, uh, to join to join in with him and, you know, ha- as hopefully assist him launch his, um, his coaching career. And it probably does give me still some, you know, um, some, not angst, but some um, mixed feelings when I see... You know the heart and soul of our footy club. Um, you know, in a in a GWS Giants um, Guernsey. So, you know, that's a lot of a lot of issues around that, and we might unpack some of that. But um, it's a um, uh, an interesting time for the footy club. So, uh, 
let's um let's get on with it, eh? And I, and I promise, I promise not to give you any um any uh, corporate speak in terms of yep. um you know I, I won't um um use such terms as um thinking outside the box or to try and get alignment. We won't circle back or peel back the layers of the onion or um, have a deep dive to develop a synergy to see what value adds we can get to see the blue sky. So um, <laughs> we, can, we can get through all of that. And, uh, I like that. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's get back to reality and talk about, hey, you've got to get the footy. You've got to get your footy in your hands and um, it's a tough game. Absolutely. So, look, I, I guess a lot of the talk has been around – the most recent game, but obviously we want to encapsulate a, a kind of a, a recent history of the club, but uh, it, it's just so happens that the most recent game of football you've had uh, basically the lowest tackle count, the SCG since 19, sorry, since 2003. Um, I saw a stat today that the, the just two tackle counts this year have been in the, in the bottom five since the last 15 years. So Essendon's had the, the, lowest, the two lowest tackle counts in the last 15 years, 30 and 32. And, yep. then, and then you've got Parker with his actions sort of taunting one of our midfielders and Dylan Shield. And even though that play probably didn't represent Dylan Shield actually ducking, I couldn't help think it represented an opposition view of the football club. And, and, that whole surrounding about that, what the the noise around that game is to me is a little bit of a representation of what fans probably underneath fear about our football club. Uh, that we are a bit nice um, and we're not we're not a club that is fearful. How do how do you view the Essendon Football Club today? Well, I think to start start off a couple of things. We're never we're never as good as we think we are, and we're never as bad as we think we are. You know, there's emerging, there's a list there that's got, that's got, it's got a bit young, a bit quick, and you know. But I, I am, I am in Lloydie's camp. Um, you know, having been at the club when all of a sudden, you know, we recruited Lloyd and Lucas and Carousella and Blumfield and and these young players that came in, but they came into a culture that was, um, you know, a, a hard nosed hard-nosed culture, and I'm not talking about, you know, there's no room in footy anymore for 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 any form of thuggery, but, you know, when the ball's there, you've got to win it, and and I'm a, I'm a little bit in, in Lloydie's camp in the sense that, and there was a famous David Parkin line where he said, I, I would rather your anger when we, when we lose than your praise when we win, and... Um, Mm, you know, I think that's really the, that hard-nosed uh, approach um, um, that we need to get. But you know, you can't you, you can't um, you, you can't put in what God left out, and um, it, it comes back to a bigger picture. And I'm I'm a big supporter of um, you know of the coaches and and the people um, you know who ran the next coach program and the AFL coaches program certainly told me that Ben Rutten was a very very um, talented emerging coach, and in that case, you know, the club is is, is duty bound to go with him. And you know, Blake Carousel has seen a lot of footy. Yes, as as is Gia. You know, they've seen a lot of footy, been in good programs. So, um, you know, we then have to look at okay, where where do we go next in terms of, you know, getting our footy club to um, play the type of footy that uh, that we'd like to see. Um, so oh, I think, um, and, and I can share with you that every year, both at Essendon and Melbourne, you know, Sheedy was a genius at it. There's a, every year, if we didn't win it, we would put up on the board, okay, this is the grand final team. Let's put up our team. Where are we short? And this is before, this is before um, trade and draft. Yes. Let's see where we are. What are and compare? Where are we short? Um, what do we need to to make the next step forward? And and in the trade period, look for look for um, those sort of opportunities, and uh, to, you know try and 
try and create a, a winning program. You couldn't get them in the in the short term, uh, sort of players that we thought we'd can introduce into the club. You know, without without giving away um, uh, out giving away the ranch um, to try and make up those differences. Then okay, we'll go to the draft and try and bring in our own and make our own. And uh, I've got to say that I've always been a big fan of making your own players and your own culture. Danny, you've been involved in some of the most high-performing um, organisations in Australia, um, Athletics Australia, the Essendon Footy Club, the Melbourne Footy Club. They all strive to be the best at what they do, um, both on and off the field. Can you give us – and I think this question is going to come from a place of – a bit of confusion from a fan's point of view at the moment. Now, the SNM right. Footy, Footy Club looks great at the moment off the field. We've got a brand spanking new facility. Um, it's all but paid off. Um, we've got a VFLW, now AFLW program coming through. The The players have got two ovals to train on. Everything looks good. We've got an enormous sponsorship with Under Armour, um, and it all looks good. We've got Paul Brasher as the new president. We've got um, Sheeds advising. It all looks good. Um what the question I have for you is, what are the elements that go into making a high-performing sporting club like the Essendon Footy Club? Now I know, yep. like you said, the, the administrators need to be—they need to be doing what they need to be doing. But can can you give us any insight as to what what are the elements of or the the common elements that make up a, um, a high-performing sporting club? And if you if you can see it from a distance, where do you think we're falling short? Look, um, uh, as you know, I probably watch it um, pretty carefully. Um, go to games when I can, and um, but watch a lot of games. So I've, I've got to say, but I, I think, and I'll put, put, um, at this point just just stick close to footy. And uh, yeah. footy's a, you know, it's a big business now. You know, there are a lot of people employed in footy clubs, and my philosophy has always been that. Within the footy, within the footy department, and I'll get onto the broader footy club in a minute because, you know, the Bombers have a powerhouse footy club. Uh, it's just not performing on the field yeah. at the minute. But in in footy, you know, there are there are many teams within teams, and and those teams are obviously the things we see every week are the are the footy coaching team. You know, the strategy, the playing, the managing of the players. But there's also the high-performance people. There's the medical people, the docs, the physios, the dietitians. you know, the psychologists in the high-performance team, the, the, the medical department. Then then the list management and the recruitment, they're almost, they're almost still they are, separate jobs today. And all of those teams within those teams have to be cohesive and function together as, 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 a, as a unit. And because of that, you need that all those working groups need to function and operate to an agreed plan with an acceptable to all set of value or the club's values and behaviours that, that dominate the footy club. And they should stem from the very top. And I know Paul Brasher quite well, and um, they should stem from the top, that those, those, um, those values, those behaviours, and they should filter through the whole club. The board's across the footy department plan and the head of football is across the corporate and strategic plans of the, of the organisation. And um, in high performance, those teams within the teams having a cohesive ability to work together, um, it's almost a, you know, a, a really tight bond is so, so important um, that you know, nothing happens without the other. And, mm. um, you know, the, the list management, the recruitment is, is extraordinarily important. As is, you know, the, these days, the allocation of your funds, you've got a, a soft cap of 13 million in the, in the salary cap. And, you know, if, if you've got two or three players or four players that are, that are taking a lot of that money, um, all of a sudden you've got to rationalise that and say, well, Hang on, we need to have a good look at, um, and I'm only using this as a broader example. Um, we're going to have a look at our, our performance here, and where do we in, where do we invest our our money? I'm a big supporter of coaches and giving them a chance, and we've all seen this with with Buckley, with um, 
you know, with, with Dimmer. You know, Dimmer, I remember recruiting Dinger, Dimmer out of Springvale, you know, and um, take Bernie Shee was coaching and and um, didn't like to lose Dimmer week in, week out. But Dennis Pagan said, oh, I want this kid to come play for us in the reserves. And uh, so we, he was working at a state bank in Richmond and, um, you know, we thought we would go and um, pinch him in. We didn't realise what he'd turn into as a player. But Dennis always said, wherever he went, the ball would fall in his hand. But he also had a, he had a little bit of... Um, and he had a hard edge to him, Jimmy. Mm, He's a bit of an angry, a bit of an angry player just, on the just a touch, on the field. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is the clubs persevered with with um, these 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 coaches and and gave them time, but also gave them support around those high performance teams. And therein lies the importance of the general manager of footy. And here, you know, I'm talking um, Neil Baum, and and don't forget, um, you know, Trevor Nismet at the Eagles come out of it being a, um, a general manager of footy operations and they understand the game. Brian Cook, similar background, understood the game, you know, and we seem to not have some of that real experience and um, and ability to, to drive the ship. And let me tell you, sitting in the driver's seat is a whole lot different to being the conductor. And um, that's why we've got to, we've got to give... Um, you know, this young man, Tom, he's, he's got a contract. A contract, in my view, should be honoured. And, um, but we've got to get the support around him in having these cohesive teams all on the same page to, um, um, you know, give him that support. It's a bit more communication, do you think? Like, is it, is, and I appreciate what you're saying with the, the, the sports psychologists and the dietitians and the physios and all those guys. But I, 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 I just wonder, whether or not as much as um, there's the board and the board does yeah. what the board does and the executive and Xavier and that, they do what they do and then the footy department do what they do. They get together. <clears throat> excuse me, Danny. They get together. That's all right. Um, they uh, uh, his team put the plan to the um, to the board and it gets signed off and, yep, away we go. Um, and then I just wonder whether or not, that's the end of the, the communications. Like, I just think they, they meet, they, they approve it, and then, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, Truck gets involved in a board meeting every now and then. I'm, I'm not sure. But I just wonder whether or not there's, especially now with the way we're, we're not performing, whether or not the lines of communication from Paul Brasher down to the boot stutter um, is, is as open as it could be. I think maybe people are just sort of hugging their performances to their chest at the moment and hoping they're not getting noticed, whereas everybody, I think, needs to throw everything up in the air, show like show all of our cards. Here's what's happening in the footy department. Here's what I'm thinking as CEO. Here's what I'm thinking as the chairman of the board or the president of the board. I, I just wonder whether or not communication is there at the moment. Uh, look, uh, I obviously can't answer that question, but I, I can say, just looking from the outside, and you know what? In my journey, I've, I have led an organisation. You know, Melbourne, we made the same mistake. We got we got too young, too quick in certain areas, and and I think, you know, I'm watching, you know, Laverty down back trying to trying to be, you know, trying to be a, a key pillar in a backline. He needs support. Yeah. And you know he's seen a lot of the ball, and I think the footy club just got a bit young, a bit young, too quick, and it's not going to be a short-term solution, unfortunately. But I know that the supporters don't want to hear that because we've paid our good money to be members, and and we'll, but sometimes in your in your list management, those things happen because you might get other injuries that that exacerbate things in a footy season, and you know you've you've got to stay the course. I'm not saying anything. I don't think. You know, Scott, I don't think, to be honest, that those communication issues are issues in the footy club. And we can look on the outside and say, look, the, the coach's game plan is not getting through to the players. But, you know, I've got to say that your opposition are players like, and I'll go to the top first, is that, you know, they're Petrarca, they're Oliver, they're Viney, they're Dangerfield, they're... Crips, these are big, big, big body boys in playing in the midfield to win the ball out of the centre. And then I talk about the other things. And the, the, the you know, Richmond is not a fluke mm. in the sense that they've got players that can compete 
in all facets of the game. Yep. And by that I mean they can attack and they can defend, they can win the ball inside, and they can win the ball outside. And when you're, when you're recruiting, you, you've got to have in the modern game players who can run. You've got to understand that and you watch, you might watch, and I'm using, you watch, watch Brayshaw and Langdon. These boys will be running anywhere between 15 and 18 kilometres a game. You know what? Mm. That's what the and if you can tell me, and I don't know the GPS results, so I don't get them anymore. Um, but you know, you've got to have lead athletes to go with these guys, and they're there, they've got to be to have that ability to play on the where the grand finals played on the the biggest um, um, the biggest stadium in the country, and you know, in in my view, and it's only a personal view, is that. For us to leave the MCG, I feel was um, was probably in history um, one of the greatest mistakes that the, the footy clubs ever made. Yeah, it's, I, 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 I hear you. <laughs> hmm, that's only my opinion. You know, <laughs> I, I can talk about dollars all day and what it was worth to the footy club to keep them alive and keep the books. But yeah. you know what? In the in the in the early nineties, we um, we used to get um, sixty and seventy thousand to the MCG on a Sunday afternoon and we were playing the Bulldogs. You know, at that point, yeah. we were a very lowly team because the walk-ups, the walk-ups could say, okay, we'll go and watch Wanganeen and Long and we'll watch Salmon and these sort of players play. And we're exciting, exciting team and um, full credit to to Kevin, you know, in, in terms of um, um, being able to maintain that image for the footy club. And I just think the... You know, to open up the door for for Collingwood to play at the MCG, for Hawthorne to play at the MCG as home ground tenants. You know, it's still it's still sort of really um, um, it doesn't sit well with with me today. I know it probably can't change, but um, that's only a you know a personal a personal issue. Yeah, I understand. One one thing I find interesting is. Uh, like I really like uh, Fagan as a coach, right? And one thing I thought that was really smart when he had a really young group coming through was the decision to get Luke Hodge uh, into the program uh, in his, you know, for obviously a, a two-year kind of stint before he retired. Um, and it's something I've been thinking about for Essendon uh, because it feels like we're like a little bit what you said. We're we're a little bit too young at the moment, too young and too inexper- inexperienced. And in some ways, if I'm being honest, our leadership is actually still quite long, young as well. Yeah, like, not big enough, not tough enough. Yeah, you know that's the that's the reality, unfortunately. And it, it, would you, as football operator, say you you're in that role? Would you consider that kind of move and going? How actually for the short term? Can we get some real hard edge experience in for that for the longer term that you're teaching these uh, really twenty three and under kids coming through? Uh, I guess lessons in football about what's expected and, and standards set because um, yeah. that, that's something I've been thinking about lately. Anyway, I'll answer your question in in I'll just go through a um, I reckon it was in nineteen ninety maybe ninety six ninety seven. Um, I remember catching a flight down to Hobart to interview Chris Fagan. To, you've got to remember, Chris Fagan's a life member yep. at Melbourne. Okay. I'm not sure if he is at um, at Hawthorne. I dragged him out of coaching the Mariners in, in um, Hobart to come and work um, with, us, with us at Melbourne. Outstanding coach. A key factor in, an underestimated factor in Hawthorne's success where he we spent the years with Clarko. Clarko was another Melbourne... Um, uh, yeah. Was Melbourne runner for a year, and then um, I recommended him to Tim Watson to take him to St Kilda. Um, and Clarko was a you know hard edge. I had a real hard edge. He was a coach. Um, you know, I was prepared to invest in himself heavily. Um, Chris Fagan, outstanding natural coach, man manager of people. Knew Hodgie. Knew that um, if he brought him north, you know. He would um, certainly help a younger group of players because he was such an on-field leader. Um, the problem is, Scott, 
they're pretty hard to get. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, not, there's not many Hodges they're, they're walking around. There's not many Hodges working. Yeah, Melbourne tried it with the um, uh, the other boy, but didn't work out. Um, oh, um, Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. So they tried it. Didn't didn't work out that that much. Faze knew that. Um, you know, Hodge was a real, real tough nut. Um, you know, Hawthorne are going through the same same issues now with with Mitchell. You know, they've got their own they've got their own set of issues, and but it's holding the club together tight through this point, which is now you know uh, Paul Brasher and um, the, the executive and uh, and saying, well, where are we? Do we make do we make stupid not stupid? Do we make decisions based on our emotions when? Um, People aren't coming to the um, corporate lunches. Sponsors are getting antsy. Um, you're holding your nerve through all this. Um, crowds are dropping off. Um, all when all those things happen in a season, you, you you to hold your nerve. And then are we making the right decisions for the future? These are the real, you know, decisions that you have in making in in your footy club. And I think when you've lived it, um, you know, you know the emotional toll of that it takes on everyone and but you've got to have you've got to have people who are really strong is that what's really happening? Um, is, is that what's happening at the moment down at Essendon or is, is that what would be happening behind closed doors absolutely would, would there be chats would there be sort of come to come to God moments <laughs> sort of chats absolutely. I mean it just happens in footy clubs when when you're not winning games the angst of of the coteries and the um, the supporters you know who want to get rid of coaches want to see Instant results. Want to see this, um, and the ability to sell, to sell to the public. Look, this is where we're at, um, and and they'll they can use all the examples that you like, but it, it comes down when you put up that list at the end of the year and say, well, this is what the premiers are like, and this is where we are. How are we going to get here? How long? Is it, how long is it going to take us to do that? And uh, well, who do we need in the short term? And, and you know, I would like to see the big bear Hurley down back to help out Laverty and, um, um, you know, give them a chop out in defence when they're, when they're under such yeah. such pressure. And, and, and to be honest, to harden up on the defensive aspects of their game. Yep. Yeah. Now, I've got a, I've got a historical question for you. So, Shoot. 2010, uh, you, you're obviously joining the team with uh, Hurdy. Um, I'd love to know because, look, this is me talking as a fan, right? That that time, that picture, and this is, and what I say here has got nothing to do with the truck era or anything like that. So it's not like a yeah. replace or anything like that. It's just yeah. what I saw as a fan, that point I went, I, I know I felt with him, you're like, I feel like Herd gets it. Like I feel like Herd understands because we only won seven games the year before he started. So we were, we were not in a great place. Uh, we were third last. The whole club was in a great place. No, yeah, the whole club was in a bad, yeah. And and it felt like uh, a team had sat down and said, this is this is how we're going to resurrect the club. Can you just talk about that kind of conversations that took place at that time and and what you and Hootie saw and, and how to change the, the momentum of the club? It was, it was a genuinely exciting time. Um, the way that um, you know to to really it was a rebirth of the footy club. The you know two premiership captains had come back, and um, you know the list was excited. Training was hard. Um, the program was was put in place. The the coaching and the teaching of the players. You know Simon Goodwin, Sean Wellman, just excellent coaches, and. Uh, you know, could really, really players could really see that this is a this is a special moment. Um, you know how it all got caught up in another is, a, is another book in the future. How it all got caught up in a political yeah. in a political um, yeah. quagmire <laughs> yep. is another story. But it was such an exciting time, and and Hurdy, in my view, you know, was going to be. An excellent coach. He's an incredibly you know, intelligent guy. Like incredibly. But he had the players. He had the players. He wasn't. Yeah, you the, know, the he respect would have been instant for him. He had the players playing for him, and they would walk over glass for him and um, broken glass for him. 
you know, had Bomber in the background and, and you know, Bomber was, and I sat beside him for, you know, three or four years and he just understood the game. You know, all other issues aside, just understood the game. The players knew. Yeah. Herdy was, was seeing it all unfold um, with him leading it. And it, it was such an exciting time. It really leaves such sadness in my heart how um, it all was, um, how it all unfolded and, you know, the political machinations of it all. Yeah. But the players, the buy-in from the players, you know, I'm talking, you know, Hibbard, Paddy Ryder, Melcham, all these players that, you know, should never have left the club. Yeah. And, um, you know, I say to myself now, I wouldn't have let them go. No matter what happened, I wouldn't let them go. And they're managing them, it's about managing their managers and all this sort of stuff. And there's probably a whole host of reasons why they did. But, um, you know, we were a really, really tight group. You know, there was, there was Job leading the show, tough inside, a great inside midfielder. You know, when the when the ball hits the deck off the ruck bounce, Job's big body was in there, either punching in or punching it out to to someone. You know, to compete in the jungle of AFL. Mm. And unfortunately, I can't see at the moment the bodies that are in there can compete in the jungle of AFL. Oh, I mean, even Job was such a big presence in the middle. His frame, I mean, I, I, I keep thinking about it, go, gee, we missed that frame in the middle. Genuine, genuine, genuine leader. You know what? You know, I'd say this, I say this to everyone, and Job can look back and to say, if anyone maximised their talent, he maximised his talent probably more than any other player I've seen in, in, in my time in footy. Given what God had given him and his physical talents, the way that he determined, you know, drove himself personally was um, nothing short of extraordinary. And, and that's leadership. That's what really um, leaders inspire the rest, the other players around you to come with you. Yeah. And that's really important. And, you know, and um, I just think we need to give Dyson, who's a ripping kid, from a really good background, um, you know, a lot more supportive um, players around him. True. Uh, look, I, I have to ask, obviously Hurd is in uh, a little bit of the news because we all know Cameron's left. If if there was someone who rang you up and said, this James Hurd guy, should he be coaching our club, which is GWS. Now, I know in your heart of hearts, you'd be probably going, no, he should be coaching another club. But it, <laughs> it, you would, I'm assuming you would have been, you would endorse him as any senior coach, no matter what, you know. No matter what. No matter what. Absolutely. 100%. Born, born, you know, uh, um, I think now he's, I think from, you know, he's become, um, he's had a lot of business um Issues uh, to to manage overseas. Yep. Um, got through all those. I think he's in a really good place. Uh, but all I can tell you, he was going to be. And I've seen a lot of coaches come through, and we talked about Chris Fagan. You know, we've we've talked about, um, um, you know, Dimmer. We've talked about the. You know, they're going to be. Um, and then I go back to Choco Williams and 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 Mark Harvey and these players that who were going to become coaches, and particularly, you know, Bomber. And Bomber was in no different situation than what um, Truck's in now at Geelong. Yeah, you know, they had reviews yeah. and they had reviews and all this sort of stuff. Why aren't you performing? And, you know, these things these things happen in footy. But going back to your question, Erdie, um, was was going to be a very, very good coach because of his technical understanding of the game, his ability to lead men, and his ability to communicate. And I think they're... They're key um, ingredients for any coach. And, you know, if he's not coaching the Bombers, I certainly hope he coaches somewhere else. Now, Danny, Paul Brash has come out during the week or last week or whenever he said that there's going to be no review, no mid-season review, no what I assume would be a rushed review and, and they'll go by their normal um, procedures. W- would you endorse that? Would you endorse a, a wait to the end 100%. of the year? 100%. Okay. 100%. Don't destabilise the club, you know, and then you get all the leaks, and you, you know, you're dominating the media headlines every because there will be leaks every yeah, um, yeah, yeah, every week 
for weeks on end. The club's destabilised. Sponsors are saying, well, what are we doing with this mob? You know, um, I think the, the reality is with the, that that's, a, that's a, a wise business decision um, to hold fire. I'm, you know, there'll be internal communication, internal questioning, internal um, looking at things, which I'm sure they will. But you know what? You need, at some point, you need a Brian Cook, a Trevor Nisbet, a steady hand who's really invested in the game to understand what's required and, and when. Because when you're sitting in the driver's seat, whether you're a coach or a CEO, the pressure is enormous. Yeah, it would be. Because, you you know, you're getting this feedback from letters from supporters, sponsors, um, week in, day in, day out, not week in, week out, day in, day out of their angst for their love of their footy club and, and where it's going. It's emotional business and you need strong, steady hands leading the show when you're going through these times and then the reviews go on and to say, well, look, you know, where are we really at and um, why haven't we um, maximised, you know, the opportunities we've had and you review everything internally but to make it a public forum, I think it's a, I think it's a blight on a footy club and it creates um, instability and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, um, you know, your free agents don't want to re-sign. Yeah, and they put talks on hold, and all this sort of stuff happens. And um, you know, it's a you've got to be very careful with all that sort and of we've, stuff. And we've got a lot of players to sign. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> so but no, every club has. Every club has. There's fifty percent of your list probably out of contract. Um, you know, every year. Okay. Yeah. And it's a rolling. It's a rolling situation. I I wouldn't panic about all of that. And um, you know, that's where you need the steady guiding hand to say, hang on. We'll, Let's let's just shore up these um, these boundaries first, and you know you, you can't imagine the pressures of um, you know GWS or the Suns, the the pressure on their players, people trying to entice them, their yeah. best players out of the club all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know it's a, it's an it's the nature of the business, the nature of the game. So is it and, is uh, it a bit of a matter of circling the wagons just at the moment for the for yes. the, the footy club? We'll do the Absolutely. end of season review like they always do, but it's a bit of a circle of wagons at the moment. Stick to the plan, like Truck keeps telling us every week. Stick to that plan and just continue on. Couldn't agree more. Okay. Stick, stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. You know, circle. Be hard internally. You know, hard. Ask the hard questions internally about, um, you know, what's going on here, and those things should happen all the time. As a matter of course, even if you're winning, they they should happen. Um, that, that's what strong clubs do, and well, I think that, um, but not to make it a a a continual succession of headlines in the paper every day that destabilises everyone because it's not only the players that read, their families read it. Um, people get anxious. The players, the, their livelihood, um, interstate players get nervous. Yeah, it's a matter of you know surfing the wagons, looking after you, looking after what you've got. And saying we're going to get better here, we're just going to take a bit of time. But but we haven't done this, and we've been really weak here. We didn't stick up for Dylan Shield, mm. and um, no matter what you think of Dylan Shield as a player, um, we didn't stick up for him. You know, we let a um, another club intimidate us, and unfortunately, yeah. I agree with Matthew Lloyd at this point in time. Even I mean, even Zach Merrick got a whack to the head, didn't he? And there's nothing. Yep. Um, nothing. So you know, I know Dyson says you. And he's right. You you can't. There's so much video scrutiny of the game. You got to be careful. But you know what? When the ball's there to be won, um, you've got to um, you've got to make, crack make in. him think twice. You got to. You've got to crack in. Absolutely. You, you've got to crack in. That's the game. You've got to crack in, yeah. and you can't. You can't. Then everything starts from there. You know, you might get your hands on it first, and then you can play. But that therein lies the um, inside, outside, defend, attack and get the balance. Um, and that might be an improvement for, you know, for Truck. He, that's the thing. He might say, well, perhaps I haven't done this. And that's his, um, you know, experience as a coach. But yeah. he's coaching a great club. We've contracted him. We've got to um, support him and look after him too. 
Exactly. Look, we've only got you a couple of minutes. We've gone over time than I actually said. Yeah, we would, so I can't say how much I appreciate. Cut whatever, cut whatever you want out. It's no problem. No, no, no. Any other questions Trust you'd me, like to ask? Um, we're, everything has been fantastic. We want to record the whole lot. Uh, can I ask a question, though? Um, this is something, and I'm going to speak as a fan, so I'm going to criticise the club here. So this is not your words. This is mine. Uh, yeah. One thing I think Truck should be rightfully upset about as a head coach is how much the club has reduced the VFL program to. So we're Norton 7, 69% percentage. Where, and I go to the VFL. I'm a mad footy fan, right? So Yeah. And it breaks me as a fan to see some of these guys – who are very young, you know, we've got these guys and Cody Brand and Wanganeen and, uh, and without – when I'm watching it, it feels like zero support around them, zero elderly statesmen. Uh, and for me, it's f- something fundamentally that we've dropped the ball on to develop this side. In your time, because I, I – you know, just remembering me, you coming on even in the 90s, right, 92, you know, we won the, a reserves grand final when we, you know the names that won that and then what happened the, the following year in 93 with the Mercedes and Mercuries. How important in the modern age is the VFL program? Because I find it really important, but um, – and even the small things like the, the fact that this, we rush Stringer back, we rush Snelling back. We might rush the Langford back, but it, it, but it's because the VFL program isn't great, uh, or we don't have actual mature plays to bring into the side. Uh, so that's my my pet frustration. But I want to get your thoughts on how important a a next level VFL program is. Absolutely critical to the success and the long term success of the footy club. And you're talking to someone. You know, we employed Dennis Pagan. We employed Chris Fagan at Melbourne uh, as the reserves coach. You know, employed. Um, um, oh, there's been there's been an absolute plethora of them, and made the development of the players in the VFL so made it such a priority that. And we, you know, we would bring in, and I know it's it's not easy for the for the surrounding clubs. Um, you know. Continually looking at players who we think might be able to take the next step, and yep. you know, getting players into a preseason. And uh, you know, I remember in 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 two thousand putting the partnership together, ninety um, nine putting the partnership together with Sandringham um, for the Melbourne players as, as a as a development pathway. You know, that was one of the first. VFL, VFA, um, AFL, VFL partnerships, and at that time, and because you had that, you had that club infrastructure there, and and putting some terrific coaches around them, and investing in that program, and you know I'd have to go back and say, well, um, I don't know how much is caught up in your soft cap of your footy department and why they're not investing in it, but you know what, it's an absolute priority to have a really good coach who can unite a group of players um, and and understand the ones that are good enough to take the next step. Yeah. And um, but also have some older, you know, some older soldiers around them who look after and guide them as well and, and, and coach them on the field. Those those sort of things are in my view are absolutely critical and are in a very important part of your footy department soft cap spend. I, so, yeah, couldn't agree. Yeah, it's really important and not to let it just, just um, you know, dissipate into nothingness. And regardless of what the opposition is, that, that competition is, has in the last 10 years really struggled for its own identity, you know, with yeah. some of the VFL clubs, um, you know, the ones that have got pokey has been really strong. You've got to remember from my penance, I was four years president of Sandringham um, after I left Essendon. Yeah, and uh, you know, understanding the the synergy with um, sorry to use um, synergy, but um, with with, <laughs> with St Kilda, and saw all these players that came through. You know, to see um, that there's probably six or seven players that that are in the St Kilda senior team now that um, that came through 
in in those years at Sandringham that people will say, "Oh, they're not going to make it. They're not. They're not this." But they just need that time and experience, and um, that part of the program, in my view, absolutely critical, and it's a critical spend. Could not agree more. Uh, so, look, a huge, huge thank you for coming on the show. Uh, look, for me, um, you know, you probably don't know this about me, but um, in I think it was 2014, 15, um, when everything hit the fan, uh, Essendon and, and things were pretty bleak, um, I actually – went to the club, Mr. Rodsky and Xavier and said, I want to do a fan walk from the G from, sorry, from. Oh, fantastic. Uh, you probably wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> and, and, you know, it was a couple of us who came up with the idea and, and, and then, you know, the club were great, said, well, let's make it organic. And I said, well, all right, let's get Sam Newman involved and let's get some, I'll ring, we'll ring up the old Essendon players. And we had like Kerry and, and Madden and 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 obviously we know now about to my surprise fifteen thousand turned up in March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I just say this? And I don't want to get over emotional or anything. Can I just say that that was driven for support for yourself, Hurdy, Reedy, uh, Bomber, and thirty four players. So uh, from a fan to me, that meant a lot to me because I wanted it to be a voice to you guys that what crap you were going through was incredibly unjust and and I'm sorry for it that it happened but I hope you guys can hold yourselves high because your careers in the end will be will be fantastic and I, I consider all very very good people uh, and and well you know it's I appreciate your your thoughts around that and you know we could talk about it in all day about the political machinations that that underpinned that whole um, situation. I'm not for, for any, um, you know, in any situation saying, well, perhaps some of that um, was a bit risky, but um, I will stay to this day that um, that there was certainly no performance-enhancing drugs used at Essendon with Essendon players at, at any time. And I think it's one of the great sporting injustices in Australian sporting history, but we can't go back and no, we can't no. go back and we can't hold on to it. You know, we've got to move forward and unite the passion in in our supporter base awesome. and and build a build a future, a bright future because everything is there, you know, everything is there in terms of infrastructure, wealthy club. Let's get the um you know, let's get the 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 players that we want to see playing in the sash playing and um and and you know to to bring enjoyment to um you know the the nation of supporters that that are out there um in red and black exactly and you know you can't skip the fact that when you're celebrating 150 years 150 years is a seriously long time it means you're a great club uh and you know you've for had a great, great long people time. and exactly. for great people like you Danny and and the rest of the the people that have uh that have contributed to the sash so it's we wouldn't be around if it wasn't for people like you and like you said Hurdy and Sheeds and all of the guys and girls that are uh, that have been involved over 150 years yeah, we'll we'll get through it, and um, I'm sure the good will come out of it in terms of, you know, what's needed to go forward, and uh, and um, you know, we'll hopefully it won't be too long before we're we're um, back on the MCG in September. Yeah, so there's enough there's enough good there's enough good people with good intentions in in and good enough brains to figure out what's going wrong at the moment. There's a there's something wrong. There's something wrong at the moment, and I just yes, I, I, I would implore. Yep. I would implore all the Essendon um, supporters, and I'd, I'd hope you'd back me up on that, just to say it's okay to feel upset. It's okay to feel bad. Like uh, uh, it just ruins my weekend. It thoroughly rules my <laughs> Hang weekend. Hang in there, move, mate. Hang in there. It hurts us all. That's exactly but, right. Um, yeah, but I think there's yeah, enough but, people but don't, in there. Don't, don't fracture. Don't no, fracture. no, that's that's exactly, exactly right. Yeah, you know, don't fracture Hang in. Club, uh, Hang in. Hang in. Turn up to the events. Turn up to the, um, you know, the. The events that you usually go to and, and support the footy club, and um, I think that's the most important message at at this time. And um, and uh, you know, I admire what you're doing, and uh, 
love your passion and support for the for the footy club. It's fantastic. Beautiful. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Danny. Um, yeah, it's been a complete honour. Uh, love to pleasure. love to have you on again sometime when hopefully things are getting a little, a little bit brighter. Much but, better. Uh, yes. But yeah. Anytime. Anytime, guys. Pleasure. Um, go Bombers, and um, let's see if we can finish off. Um, you know, the second half with a with a bit of momentum. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Danny. The lunchtime catch-up podcast. Remind me again, who's who's that is, Scotty? Phoenix. Phoenix, like it. Now then, that was such a good interview. That was. Ah, uh, that's that's again, that's up there in one of my favourites. We've had some really cool interviews, but that one is. He's a great guy. Couldn't couldn't be more helpful. No, you just felt like he's a great Essendon person, and and you could hear the emotion and just desire for the club to succeed yeah. again. Um, and it was, you know. Selfishly, everyone knows I'm a Mad Herd fan. It's just nice to hear people yeah. who work with Herd and talk about him that way. And um, it's just, it is. A, I'll just be honest. It is gut wrenching that what happened and happened. Yeah, and absolutely. Because I, I'm with him. He had every sign of of becoming a really, really impressive coach. And we were lamenting just sort of after that interview. Um, we paused for a minute, but we, we lamented after that interview that even if even if Herdy did sort of come back to the club, be it now, if, if, if truck, heaven forbid, but even if it was now or into the future, the media storm would be just too much to have Herd back. It's at a the hard club. one, it's, isn't it? It's, it's never going to happen. You selfishly love it, but I just don't know how how it works. I don't know, but uh, that too, and 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 Danny also sort of said in the in the um, the interview. Truck does. He's been contracted. He deserves his time. He deserves. Um, yeah, he's only, he's only coached 32, 33 games. That's like it, that. right? So, so he deserves his time. No mid season review or any of this crapola. Wait till the end of the year and figure it out. Yeah, it's, I, I, I actually agree with him on that. And I know I get a bit of kickback, but I don't want to be a also jump too early kind of guy on a coach because Goodwin, you know, Bomber, there's too way too many examples. Hardwick. Clarkson. Yeah. No, they all had they all had as worse, if not worse, starts than Truck has had at the moment. So it's too many examples of uh, of this happening. And and yes, we look totally disorganised. I get that, um, but let them sort it out. Give them time to sort it out. Let the hardness, the hardships that are going on at the moment, hopefully strengthen a bit of resolve around the club, and 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 we we improve and and. You know, there's some good soul searching going on. So I still want him to easily coach out the rest of the rest of this year as a minimum, uh, and just and and you know, hopefully we can grow. So uh, I won't go on too long. Uh, there was no, there was just a VFL practice match um, happened. We lost by 11 goals, so that was not and a, Cox and hurt Cox himself. hurt yeah. himself badly. So nothing, nothing, nothing great to report there. So. No. Uh, Obviously, we've got the Dreamtime clash coming up. Touch nervous, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't want it to lessen uh, the significance of the game uh, because it's a very, very significant game. Uh, we're a proud club and 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 helped develop proud Indigenous players who are proud of their culture uh, and something we should be celebrate. So uh, I don't want it to... The lesson, the the moment, the moment of the of the game, and and obviously Michael Long and the long walk, and it, it's just a significant one that we need to support as a club. These are the things we need to support because they're, they're they're regarding great people and and a great man as far as the Michael Long walk. So I, I don't want you know, you know, everyone can do their own thing, but I, I just would encourage people to at least support these kind of uh, events that Absolutely. are significant for a lot of people. And it's also an incredible, another catalyst. It's another catalyst for the club to, for the boys. And, and we, we keep getting them each week. We get Dyson's 200. We get the catalyst of the week, uh, the quarter against Hawthorne. We get the catalyst of the dream time. We get the catalyst of the of Anzac Day. We got all these areas where the boys should be more up and about than they usually are. And we get another one this weekend. So yeah. I think that it, you know what the one of the 
damn hard things are, guys, is is to and everybody deserves their their moment in the sun to tee off on the club. And I, I like I said, check out the Patreon because <laughs> Scotty and I did it as well. Um, but at, at some stage, the annoying part about being an Essendon supporter at the moment, and you you two people that are talking to you at the moment are definitely Essendon supporters. You've got to stop with the negativeness at some stage and then be positive for a game against Richmond next week. You've got to stop and go, even though we, even though it doesn't look good, even though we could get pumped um, next weekend, right, you've got to stop at some stage and look forward to seeing Hobbsy play another game of footy. You've got to, because the club the club needs it, it needs some support. You can, you can absolutely have your period of time when you're upset and you're angry. And I said this against the Hawks. This is like the reverse side of it. Don't celebrate past Wednesday. Right? Don't celebrate past Wednesday no, probably, that we beat Hawthorne, probably right? Probably post Monday, to be blunt. Post Monday. But with, with a loss, it should be something like Monday. Just be be peed off the, the Saturday, the Sunday, and the Monday. But then on Tuesday, you've got to put it behind yourself because the players have. The players have got to put it behind themselves. And as a supporter... It's so much harder to be to get through your work week when you're so negative and you're so upset. And you're so you've got to try and put it behind you, and you've got to try and find positives. Like Hobbsy playing and and P two media playing again, and and we get another chance to show that we are not the team that we are currently playing at the moment. So, I uh, I think after tonight, or sorry, yeah, after tonight. Which is will be Tuesday because we're replacing this on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, you focus on the team selection show. That's it. And then team you, selection. You start, then you start, the ball starts rolling again and strategize. And that's it, man. And you hope effort comes out. It's all you can that's do. It. You it's got, you can you do got to hope. get back up, man. And that's so. I I implore everybody to to just sort of try and let it go as best you can. I know it's been twenty years, <laughs> but um, yeah, try and let it go as best you can because it'll chew up for the rest of the week, and you you won't get to do that. That that fun thing that supporters of an AFL footy club, especially Essendon, get to do around Wednesday, Thursday when you're at the hump of the week and you're starting towards the the weekend and you're thinking about the boys playing and yeah, you know, who's going to get selected? And then of course you're all listening to the the lunchtime catch up podcast on Patreon. <laughs> that's a great that's a great time. And then that's the the kind of excitement that I look forward to as a fan. So yeah. D- you got to put it beside behind yourself and try and and get back up for the game against Richmond and let's see what happens. Really, yeah, yeah, we'll see how we go. Um, for those who are going the long walk, uh, I might even see if, if I can go there as well. Um, all the best, have fun, um, uh, and yeah, we'll we'll celebrate a fantastic culture and a fantastic yep, country. Great round. So thanks everyone. Uh, Thank again, thanks again to Danny. A huge, huge effort for us. So, Absolutely. Uh, uh, we've got some uh, good guests coming up. I know our friend Ed Pascoe is coming on soon. Yep. To talk about the mid-season draft and who's around. I know, and and possibilities of, of also who's playing well so far. So he's going to talk about how the Davies are going so yep. far. And if you're beautiful, so that's coming up as well. So. Thanks everyone. Have a, a great rest of the week. We'll be on the Thursday team selection shows coming up. Thanks guys.